on The Daily Family. Happy Friday. As promised, this episode are three compilate or it is a compilation rather of three episodes I've done on this show. These three episodes were some of my favorite episodes ever. Everyone who listened to them definitely loved them the most. And uh, these humans that you're going to hear today are truly brilliant. And I've learned so much from them. And they are just so bold and so polarizing in the way that they feel about money and wealth that it, it is it is infectious. It is magnetizing. It is everything you want it to feel like. So I cannot wait for you to hear these clips that I've pulled for you. Uh, the first one you're going to hear is from Finney and Kelly. We are that episode was all about intentionality, intentionality with our wealth, intentionality with our money, with the way that we bring in money. And um, in this clip, we talk about money saboteurs. We talk about uh, how our belief structure affects our ability to bring in wealth. Um, and that de- that comes from you know generational trauma, past life trauma, et cetera. We talk about it. The second clip you're going to hear is from Daniel Mangana, who is this amazing British Sagittarius man that, I mean, the if you have not heard the entirety of that episode, it was only a couple weeks ago and it is so good. And it was so funny. I go back and I laugh. I'm like, wow, we had a lot of fun recording that episode. Um, but the clip I've pulled for you is about vibrational frequency with money. It is all about the vibrational frequency with money. These All three of these clips really have to do with the vibrational energy that is money. And they all just do it in a little bit of a different way. Uh, the final clip you're going to hear are is from uh, Jocelyn Kelly, who uh, was only on the show two weeks ago now. And we talk about like, I mean, that clip I pulled for you is really all about just how we are so backwards in our thinking when it comes to wealth and money. We think that money is the root of all evil. We think that rich people are evil. We think about all these things. But what she talks about in this clip in terms of how you should actually be operating if you are against the system is pretty spot on. She is somebody who I very much look up to in the coaching space. And she has this uncompromising frequency when she talks about wealth. And you're just going to love it so much. Um, All three of these episodes were incredible, incredible in their entirety. So please go back and listen to all three of them. Money is an energy, y'all. It is That is it. It is an amplifier. It is an energy. And in order to bring in the amount you want to bring in and hold the amount you want to hold, you have to become a vibrational match for that energy for that money. You have to get tap into the frequency of the wealth you want to claim. And these three clips are going to do a really good job of explaining how to do that. So I hope you enjoy them. If this is your first episode with On The Daily, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. Come find me on Instagram when you've listened to this. Let me know what you think. Tell me any like big standout moments. I'm Danielle underscore On The Daily. The podcast is at On The Daily Pod. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Before we get into this episode, though, I have to tell you about my upcoming mastermind. Uh, It's called The Quantum Leap. And if you listen to this episode and you're like, how do I tap into that? That is what we are going to be talking about. This mastermind is for high, high level people 
entrepreneurs, humans who are ready for the biggest quantum shift they've ever had. They are ready for a quantum leap. They are ready for things to happen fast. They are ready for quick downloads, quick shifts, quick growth moments. And it is going to be three months of just really close connectedness with 15 other people all looking to go on that same journey of high dollar months, you know, 20, 30, $50,000 months, um, relationships that are epic and mind blowing, sex that is epic and mind blowing, friendships that are epic and mind blowing. That is who this is for. And if you are ready for that, and that is something that you are claiming this year, and you are ready to tap into that frequency with us, you're going to go to the show notes of this episode. You're going to click the link and you're going to sign up for the wait list for that mastermind. We begin in August. Registration opens in July, and I am going to open it to the waitlist first. So if you're not on that waitlist, you may or may not get on there. Get in there because I have a lot of people on that waitlist already who are very eager. Payment plans will be available, so don't worry about that. There is a discount for paying in full, but you get to choose your own adventure on that. Go sign up for the waitlist and be the first in when I open those doors for registration in July. Let's get into this episode. I'm so excited. I would love to like talk about this in terms of financial and like fi- right. like unwealth and growing wealth because this is something I think a lot of people struggle. Like so many people are so good. They or they think they're so good at manifesting their life, but then money and wealth and like becoming financially successful is something they avoid. Like a lot of people don't want to talk about it or feel like they can't, or if they do talk about wanting to be financially wealthy or have generational wealth, all of a sudden they're being selfish and they don't want to be selfish. And there's so many blurred lines there. So I would love to hear your take on how this all applies to like wealth. Yeah. Great question. So everyone has a money story. Some is working for people some are not and the majority of them not and the the money story is a combination of your your beliefs around money which basically have been programmed from a young age and then also your experiences with money over your timeline so i call it the family of origin and your money timeline and it's really important to go back and do a reflective exercise and and look at all right, what influences did I have with money? What were the sayings? What were common sayings? People saying things like money is filthy or money is evil. And what do you think you're going to have a relationship with money? You're going to think the same things. Or if money doesn't grow on trees, you're going to start thinking that money's hard to come by. So you always have to work so much harder to get money. Where other people who just have a very abundance belief with money, they don't think they have to work hard. It's like, oh, money's easy. Money's just energy. We can create that. So going back through and having a really great self-analysis on, on this. And I, I actually have a something I can share in, the sh- in your show notes for this as well, which will really help. But it's basically a, a money story timeline. And then going through and then looking around it and going, okay, through all of this social conditioning, through my school system, through my parents, through my religious organizations, what are my beliefs around money? And what thoughts do I regularly have around money because of those beliefs? And then what behaviors do I take because of those thoughts? And then how do I feel in relation to money? Now, I don't really care what your belief structure is. All I care about is it working for you. And the way to tell that is how you feel. Your feelings are your, it's almost like your your truth. It's whatever you feel, if you feel confident, peace, grateful, 
love, connection, freedom, then you've probably got some really good money belief structures going on. But if you feel scarcity, lack, insecure, not worthy, constrained, then there's that's an indication that something's going wrong in the loop. So what you start doing is you go back through and you go, well, okay, what was the behavior that led to this feeling? Well, the behavior was I, I after work, I was walking home and I bought a too higher priced item of clothing. Okay, so what were the thoughts that you led to, to you actually doing that? Well, the thoughts were, I've had such a hard day. I deserve to have this. I need something to make me feel better. Okay, and then what's a core belief that you might have there? And it can be that like money could buy happiness or that um, I'm not enough. And you look through and you go, well, is that working for me? No. So how is it you want to feel? You want to feel, you want to feel proud. You want to feel free. You want to feel open. Well, what's the behaviors that would lead to that? So that's, that's really the first process is just uncovering and being really honest with yourself. Cause you might think you're a very abundant person and you might not be. So the, the head, you might want to be, but actually because you're conditioning, you're running off another program or you might believe that you're a really worthy person or that you're lovable and you actually get down to the core. You're like, oh, no, I'm not. And that was the big thing for me. I, I was a very abundant, positive person, but at the depth of my core, if I peeled back all the layers, it was basically my fear was I'm going to be abandoned and I, I have to take care of myself. That was the fundamental thing. So that set off a chain of events, which we're never going to fulfill me because uh, you always recreate back a life back to your core belief eventually. Yes. I, I have a, a very similar story with that. When I, oh gosh, you just like, you just really nailed it into me when you were like, I thought I was this. So I grew up and this is all work that I'm currently doing. And I'm, I mean, this is the other thing too, is people think that like wealthy people are healed. And I feel like Wealth can come before you're healed and the healing never stops essentially. So, and I didn't, I didn't think that before I got into it. And now I'm like, oh, this is like, we're going deep here. <laughs> like we're going, it's going to go on for a while. But I, so I grew up, my dad, very wealthy, very wealthy, like very successful businessman. He was a CFO of very like, like Disney, like huge companies. Right. So I never, I never, I never didn't have money. Like there was always money. If I needed it, I had to get a job. I had to work. I wasn't just like given a brand new car. Like I had to earn things. He made sure that I did that. And I never lacked money. So I never felt that like that scarcity around it. So my whole life I've been like, oh, I, I have an abundance with money. Like I feel very abundant with money. And then I become an adult and I, you know, run into trouble. And I'm always like, I know that my dad is there and he'll always bail me out. He'll always give me money if I need it. So there's these like little traumas happening throughout my life that are like building up and building up and building up. So then what happens is I, I start a business. I'm very successful very quickly. I make a lot of money. I spend most of it very quickly. And in my mind, I'm like, no, it's okay. I have it. Like money is free flowing. I don't like, it doesn't matter. La, 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 la. And now as I'm like learning through healing this, like the relationship in my money story is that, no, you always, you always ask, you always had to have your dad bail you out because you never respected money because it was always coming to you. And so 
now you're spending money like you own the world because you're trying to prove that you have money now and you don't need to borrow it from anyone else. You can do it yourself. And that's its own trauma that needs to heal. And so it's just so crazy because on the outside, and when I looked at it at first, it was like, no, I have a great relationship with money. Like I always had money. Like people think that like people with money trauma come from like poor backgrounds or like unwealthy backgrounds. And like, that's not always the case at all. (laughs) You just gave your audience an absolute gift. What you just described is something which we've created. We call them the financially happy saboteurs. And these are 12 saboteurs Think of it as a personality test almost related to money. And they are traumas. They we create a saboteur from a trauma in our life, which then becomes starts being a driving force in in how we make decisions. And you actually mentioned three very clear. So one is the dependent. The dependent relies on others because they can't, they don't believe they can provide for themselves. There's also the child needs someone else to look after difficult things for them. And then what was really interesting, and I just loved your self-awareness of this is that you turned into the compensator because of your upbringing of these other other saboteurs and then you started using money to make up for what they believe they lack inside and it's not that these are bad it's just that these are just going to stop you from living a really whole free abundant life and this is one of the things i mean uh, the numbers don't lie right 90% of people who win the lottery or another windfall go back to exactly where they were within five years because their identity didn't change. That 10% found a way either consciously or unconsciously to change their identity to match that new life experience. And that was was able to hold it. So for me, when I would kept losing, it's because I know for me, number one, I didn't have the habit. I was 19 years old. The fudge was I doing at 19 years old? I should have been like trying to have sex with fit birds and trying to get drunk from America, maybe, perhaps. But what was it? I'm running around doing the thing. And so I didn't have the habits. I didn't have the behaviors. I didn't have the experience, literal experience to operate at that level. Also, I didn't grow up in an environment where the frequency of that level of wealth was prevalent. And so I didn't have the emotional and energetic blueprint to hold it just like a lottery winner. So it fell away. What do you mean by that? The frequency of wealth around you? Elaborate on that because I know what you mean. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So your heart, Danielle, is a magnet. So is your mind. And when they come together, they create your vibrational field, which is experienced as your emotional state. And the vibration of that is magnetically calling a physical reality from form. And when your frequency changes, your outer experience matches it. And when your frequency doesn't change, everything stays the same. Everything stays the same. Boom. So, I mean, the law of attraction, which is really the law of vibration as it's popularized, speaks to this. We're magnets. We're calling in things. And everything, like if we all closed our eyes right now, don't do it if you're driving, operating machinery and looking after small humans or medium-sized humans who need your attention. But when our eyes are closed, we no longer have any inputs. There's no physical reality. The second that we open our eyes again, at a speed that quantum, quantum physicists refer to as quanta, which is faster than we can compute, energy drops out of non-form, takes form and becomes our physical reality. But it's not what we want that becomes physical reality. It's not what we're writing on our vision board. It's not what we meditated about. It's that which matches our overall vibrational field that is available to us and collapses in 
to form just like a magnet. So when you made all that money and then you lost it, you were not an energetic match for that money. Nope. I wasn't a vibrational match. You know, what's so crazy that you say this. So I, I work in one of my businesses in network marketing and mm-hmm. I see other people in this business that they're like 19 years old and they're making, making $500,000 a year. And I'm Killing like, it. I go, if I made that much money <laughs> at 19 or 20, I would be so broke, like <laughs> so broke. And people are like, I don't understand. I'm like, I, <laughs> I think about who Danielle was at that age. Like <laughs> Danielle kept like Miss Selfridges in London in in uh yeah. like it kept top shop in business. Like that's what Danielle did. <laughs> Danielle was just running around London looking for fit birds from England to yeah, 100%. <laughs> to rub feet with. <laughs> Man, woman, didn't matter, didn't care. Oh, like, oh you were like, are oh, you yeah. from London? Oh are you yeah. Fit? Let's yeah. go to Selfridges and dance. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's crazy because it's like I think about it and I'm like, I I hope that I hope that these people are energetic matches for the income and the money that they're bringing mm-hmm. in. But I I doubt it because you're mm-hmm. 19. Like you haven't got the experience. Now some people accidentally take on that frequency because a lot mm-hmm. of, like so my son is 18 months old, right? Well, he's 18 months this weekend, my little Ethy bear, and um. Like I'm watching his program get built. Now, I mean, we live in Cabo, right? It's always sunny here. Like we live in a really nice house, so on and so forth. So there are certain things that are becoming a part of his frequency experience now that mean that he is going to be able to hold a certain kind of thing. Yeah. But for those of us that aren't in the top 10% or the top 5% that are just trying to get by, parents that are just doing their best or whatever who are mm-hmm. unconscious of the fact that they're unconscious and therefore are making statements and imprinting us with certain patterns. Like we're fudged. I had a question. Cause you mentioned like you had to, you had to make your internal dialogue change. Mm-hmm. At what mm-hmm. point did that happen? Like, was it a moment or was it like, did it happen over time? Cause you know, some people are like, they wake up one day and they're like, wow, I've been sabotaging my whole life. And then other people, it like takes a while. So the first time I lost everything, I was good right? I had the arrogance of youth still. I was 20 years old. I'm like, fuck them. I'm going to do it again. Cause the government actually came and took everything. Cause I didn't have the licenses for the business that I had. Right. So I was just like, fuck you. I'm going to go make some more money. Right. But I'm going to be smart. I'm going to put in everybody else's name. So you can't take it from me, except then everybody stole everything. Yeah. So I got taken out for the count after the second one. And the only reason why I didn't go through with the suicide attempt that I decided I was going to make is because I felt like such a loser that if I tried, I would fail and I couldn't be the fucker that couldn't even kill himself on top of everything else. And that's literally the only thing that stopped me making an actual attempt. But what I did do was I sat down and I said, okay, if I'm the loser that can't pull this off, I need to de-loser myself so that when I do make my attempt, it's going to happen. And so the journey that I went on for about six years was identifying what was wrong with what had gone wrong. Because I mean, I started all this stuff. I was like 16 years old. I was reading Think and Grow Rich, Psycho-Cybernetics, mm. getting mm-hmm. taped from Maxwell Maltz, studying Plato and all that kind of stuff when I was a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. And that contributed to my success because I had the, the belief system, although I didn't have the frequency and I didn't have the habits, I had the belief system that at least got it to show up. It couldn't get it to stay. Mm. So I wanted to know what was wrong. I needed to understand so that I could make my attempt and it pull off. I woke up and I remember now, it's like, April, 2015, I just got back from Thailand. I was there with my cousin. I had an amazing time. I was able to take that trip. My business ran, still was making money without me doing, I think I took one call with my assistant Joe for 10 minutes, the entire two weeks I was away and my business was 
just ticking along nicely. So I had freedom. Mm-hmm. I had a beautiful home. <laughs> I think three Rolexes, an Audemars PK, another silly watch that I didn't need. Right. I had a, my tailor, I was flying out. Right. I was, everything's nice. You were living. Yeah. My body was in good shape. I was working out. I was doing jujitsu a few times a week. I was, had amazing, yummy relationships with my family. Like friendships were good. At the time, I didn't want to be in a relationship. I was dating and doing so comfortably in really healthy sort of polyamorous kind of situations that were just mm-hmm. yummy. I was like, and I haven't been thinking about suicide. Like I, that's where I, this all started. So yeah. I don't know when it actually changed, but it did. And the crazy thing was I didn't go out to try and be successful at life. I actually wanted to be successful at death, but it ended up happening anyway. And so- wow. With that internal dialogue, I want to remind everyone that internal dialogue isn't something that you're going to be able to stop because it's operating from the unconscious, which is 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious. But we can create a container within which we can dictate what dialogue actually has any charge to it by managing our emotional state. But we don't even need to manage our emotional state hands-on because our emotional state is going to be triggered by our environment, which we can have a say in. So where am I? Who am I around? And what am I doing? Those things will automatically lend to an emotional state that could support a new identity, support a new vision, will shift my emotional state, will shift my internal dialogue, whether I like it or not, aka me failing at mm-hmm. failing, and mm-hmm. will lead to new habits and behaviors, which I can then continue to support. And then consciously through gratitude practice, through my spiritual practice, feed back into my internal state and reinforce a new internal environment that leads to new outcomes happening with more easy breeziness. Yeah, that was a shout out to your love. So yeah. Um, I don't know when it happened, but I do know how it happened. And I want to encourage people to realize that there's certain things that you just can't keep up with. Don't Mm -hmm. try and keep up with it. Be smart and look at the thing that's actually making it run in the first place. In my mind, it's like the patriarchy wants you to believe that. I'm going to explain it two ways. The patriarchy wants you to believe that. As long as we, it's like when people are like spending all their time being like fuck capitalism. I'm like, if you want to fuck capitalism and fuck the system, then get rich. Right. Like you, you running around being like, fuck the system with no money is not making any difference on the planet or in your life. If uh-uh. we want to see the way power looks in the world, there's nothing inherently wrong with power. Just like there's nothing inherently wrong with money. It's money, power, whatever. All they do is amplify who we already are. Mm-hmm. There's people with no money who are have terrible morals and there's people with tons of money with terrible morals. The common denominator is not the money. You just know about the people with the money because our society does put a lot of emphasis on people who have a lot of money. So imagine if more of those people actually cared and were doing mm-hmm. good things in the world. That is an available reality. So when we mm-hmm. want to spend all our time like shitting on whatever billionaire, this, that, and the other, instead of focus on our own mission, our own purpose and getting rich ourselves, you are buying into the system that you say you don't believe in. And that's what pisses me off about that stuff. Cause it's like so blind. It's so blind. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are like, oh, fuck Jeff Bezos, you know? And I'm like, first of all, you shop on Amazon Jeff every Bezos, day. Jeff like, Bezos runs your life. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, you shop on Amazon. You probably go to Whole Foods. Like, I don't want to hear that. And like, 
instead of bitching about what these these people are doing nothing wrong. These people are <laughs> literally doing the system the way that it was built. So instead of like bitching at everybody about like how much money they make, why don't you just figure out how to do that also? <laughs> yeah, and do it however you want to do it. They all did it themselves. Right, right, right. Right, it's right. so strange to me when people want to take money away from them. I'm like, why? They earned right. it. Right, right. Do I agree that, sh- yeah, should he be paying people better, et cetera? Yes. But like, it's not some billionaire's job to try to like save the whole world with their money. And we already know if someone is dedicated to their suffering, you can give them a million dollars. It'll be gone next year. How many times have we heard about this? The lottery winners, right? Like the celebrities who blow up overnight and then end up in complete destruction. All the athletes who make like tens of millions of dollars and go bankrupt. And everyone's like, what happened? Money isn't the core issue. Mm-mm. It's that like subconscious you can't save belief. the world with money. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like someone's, it's not like if you just go give all these people money that everybody's going to be okay. There are way, I mean, this is a separate conversation, but like the issues go so much deeper than that. So I get so annoyed with people's like disconnected relationship with money and trying to like create philosophies from that place because literally the best F you is to make more money. Yeah. What is in the words of our, of our high priestess, Beyonce (laughs) Knowles Carter, (laughs) the best revenge is your paper. Is your paper, baby. (laughs) You have to get to a point where you're no longer available to rock bottom to rise. Yes, I just told the whole story of my five-year rock bottom, but I have, once we got out, it has been upward trend now. I'm like, we have got to learn to build. That good gets to get better, that better gets to get better than that, that that gets to become overflow. Then you get to be rich as fuck and wherever you want to go. But like, if we want more, this applies to money too. Wealth builds, right? Yeah. Everything builds, life builds. So if you always need to have a drama, if you always need to be in a victim story, if you always need to rock bottom out to get somewhere, you're going to be going in circles. And your, your brain and your body are addicted to the stress and the chaos and the fixing things, but like, it doesn't actually feel good. No, it feels horrible, horrible. So you have to make your own inner peace. Like I talk to my clients sometimes and they're, uh, one of them was reflecting it back to me recently. Who's in one of my masterminds. And she was just talking about, it's like, I'm like, we have to become, I was talking to them about becoming unavailable for chaos in our lives, unavailable for drama. I'm sure you went through a season, right? Where you had to kind of become unavailable for, for romantic dramas in order for you to attract the, your fiance. Well, so her and I have been together for five years. And before that I was with my son's dad, but it was more for me. It was more about like friends. Like I had to become unavailable for anything that was not mutual, mutually beneficial, like in that unavailable. department. Right. And so we do it everywhere, but you've heard so many stories of people in crazy relationships and then finally they snap it together. Right. And then their partner comes in. I had to do it with money. <laughs> and it's like, Same. cause we're all receiving, whether we like it or not, we are receiving what we're available to receive. So if you're still fine and dip into the negative in your account, you can tell me you're not, but if it's still happening, you're okay with it or it wouldn't be happening. Right. Right. Well, and like, yeah, for me, it was like, I, I making money is easy for me. It was becoming an energetic match to keep that money. That's what it was for me. 
And there are different levels. It's like, I had to go through all of them, right? So first I had to learn how to, cause you know, first it, I was like in the negative all the time, all the drama, right? Then I had to learn how to receive money. And that was, you know, a lot of inside my business, just playing with money on the energetic level, spiritual level, practical level, all the ways and being very intentional about it. But then it was like, okay, cool. I'm making a lot of money, but I'm like, I want to see the number of my accounts going up. Right. So it's exactly what you're talking about. I'd stopped. Like I wasn't blowing through money anymore. I'm talking about more inside my business journey where I've clearly been like way more focused, yep. but it was like, I was making a lot of money, but I wanted to see the money in my accounts going up. And so then I started putting energy around the money in my accounts going up. And then that started to happen. Right. So we first learned how to receive money. Then we learned how to hold money. And I feel like this other piece of the equation that people don't think about, it's like the energy that we have around spending very much matters too. Everyone's yes. like, I want to make a bazillion dollars, but then they're like, ah, overspending five grand to get help. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how in the world? It's so funny. I was like sharing yesterday too. I'm like, so I've now had like six figure months in my business. I'm like, guys, but you know, with that, you know, I easily spend 20 grand a month between my business and my personal life. Yep. That's what happens in a seven seven figure business, you know? So I'm like, you can't be so terrified of money going out the door. And then on the flip side, be like, oh, but I want to make seven figures because guess how much money seven figure earners are spending? A lot more than (laughs) 20,000. Yeah. And like, and so to me, there's, and I don't view it. We're not blowing through money. We're not making unaligned investments or decisions, whatever. Everything for me is from a place of alignment and desire. But there's also this energy of like, view rather than viewing the spending as spending is viewing it as investing. So yes, investing. there's a clear like investing in coaches, but I mean, everywhere in your life, right? And you getting something new for your home that helps you feel like at a higher level frequency and you going on the bougie vacation that just shows you like, oh, you know, that feeling when you just get on the, and it's like the, I call it like the feminine exhale. We're just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that expands your frequency, you know, everything needs to, it's like, it's adding up. So I view spending as investing, like it's going into the money pot. Everything is adding up to yep. help me get to my desired outcome. Cause us, you know, landing our desires isn't a linear road. It's like what we leaned into over here, the edge we leaned into over here, the container that we invested in, the mentor we invested in, the vacation we went on, the decision to be like, I'm upgrading my home right now. Like all those, like it, it's very, you know, like everything is connected. So I always yeah. view it as like everything's adding up. And when I really learned how to change my frequency in those ways and just how I viewed money, both receiving, holding, investing, all of it, and getting way more and super intimate with the money inside my business too, and what's actually going on in my business every month, I just truly started to make more and more and more money. I hope you liked this episode. This show is produced by the goats of what I think the goats of the podcast industry, Upstarter Pods. Uh, They are podcast production and management team that can launch your podcast, edit everything for you, manage your show, and coach you through the entire process. I had wanted to start a podcast for a really long time, and I didn't because I had no interest in any of the above things. I did not want to edit. I did not want to manage it. I did not want to deal with the process. And thank goodness that I found Upstarter Pods. Thank goodness that I found Chase and his team because it has made this process amazing. It was the best investment I've ever made, and it has funneled beautifully into my other businesses. So 
If you want to launch a podcast or you need help managing your own, go to upstarterpods.com or you can head to upstarterpods on Instagram and you can set up a free call with Chase to see if maybe working with him and his team is right for you. I'm obsessed with that episode. I'm obsessed with money. I'm obsessed with making money. I'm obsessed with other people making money. And it just makes me that much more excited for my mastermind starting in August. We are going to talk about all of this. And I hope that you go back and you listen to all of those three humans, incredible episodes on this show. We will be back on Tuesday. Next week, I am highlighting coaching. I'm going to highlight the importance of coaching when you are in business. Having a coach is the best thing you can do for your business. And I'm going to talk all about that next week. So make sure that you you are here for both episodes. One of them will be a live coaching call that you get to basically see how I work. If working with me is something you've ever wanted to do. If you are in the fitness world, uh, Tuesday's episode is definitely for you because the incredible soul that I had the opportunity to coach live on the episode is a personal trainer. So if you're in fitness, that's going to be the episode for you. And then um, Friday will be another episode all about the importance of finding a coach and mentors and you know continuing to grow and expand your knowledge when you are an entrepreneur. I love you. Have a beautiful weekend wherever you are. Happy summer solstice. Happy summer. We are headed for greatness, y'all. I can feel it. Love you.